Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be talking to you about ovulation, conception and implantation. And if you want to follow along with written notes on this topic, you can find them at zerodefinals.com slash ovulation, conception, implantation, or in the reproductive system section of the Zero to Finals obstetrics and gynecology book. So let's get straight into it. Inside the ovaries, the primordial follicles each contain a primary oocyte. The oocytes are the germ cells, the first generation of sex cells that undergo meiosis to become the mature ovum, which is the egg ready for fertilization. The oocytes contain the full 46 chromosomes that are found in all cells of the body. These primordial follicles and oocytes spend the majority of their lives in a resting state inside the ovaries, waiting for their time to develop. The follicles go through four stages of development that you need to be aware of prior to ovulation or releasing the ovum. And these stages are primordial follicles where they spend the majority of their lives. These transform into primary follicles, then secondary follicles and then antral follicles. And we'll go into more detail about these stages of development. In terms of the structure of the primordial follicles, the primary oocyte is contained within the pregranulosa cells, which is surrounded by the outer basal laminar layer. Let's talk about the development of the primary follicle. The primordial follicles grow and become the primary follicles. These primary follicles have three layers. In the centre, there's the primary oocyte. This is surrounded by the zona pellucida and the outer layer is the cuboidal-shaped granulosa cells. It's the granulosa cells on the outside that secrete the material that becomes the middle layer, the zona pellucida. The granulosa cells also secrete oestrogen. As the follicles grow larger, they develop a further surrounding layer called the theca folliculi. The inner layer of the theca folliculi is called the theca interna. The theca interna secretes androgen hormones, which are the male sex hormones. The outer layer, called the theca externa, is made up of connective tissue cells containing smooth muscle and collagen. Let's move on to the development of the secondary follicle. The process of the primordial follicles maturing into primary and secondary follicles is always occurring independent of the menstrual cycle. As the primary follicle becomes a secondary follicle, they grow larger and develop small fluid-filled gaps between the granulosa cells that surround the oocyte. Once the follicles reach the secondary follicle stage, they have receptors for follicle-stimulating hormone, or FSH. And then further development after the secondary follicle stage requires stimulation from FSH, the follicle-stimulating hormone. At the start of the menstrual cycle, FSH stimulates further development of the secondary follicles. Next, let's talk about the final stage of development, which is the development of antral follicles. With further development, the secondary follicle develops a single large fluid-filled area within the granulosa cells which is called the antrum. Antrum refers to a natural chamber within a structure. This is the antral follicle stage. 
This antrum fills with increasing amounts of fluid, making the follicle expand rapidly. The corona radiata is made of granulosa cells and surrounds the zona pellucida and the oocyte. At this point, one of the follicles becomes the dominant follicle. The other follicles start to degrade, while the dominant follicle grows and becomes a mature follicle. This follicle bulges through the wall of the ovary. Next, let's talk about ovulation. When there's a surge of luteinizing hormone from the pituitary gland, it causes the smooth muscle of the theca externa to squeeze and the follicle to burst. Follicular cells also release digestive enzymes that puncture a hole in the wall of the ovary, allowing the ovum to escape. The oocyte is released into the area surrounding the ovary, in the peritoneal cavity. At this point it's floating in the peritoneal cavity, but it's quickly swept up by the fimbrae of the fallopian tubes, into one of the fallopian tubes. Next let's talk a bit about the corpus luteum. The leftover parts of the follicle collapse and turn a yellow colour. This collapsed follicle becomes the corpus luteum. The cells of the granulosa and the theca interna become luteal cells. These luteal cells secrete steroid hormones, most notably progesterone. The corpus luteum persists in response to human chorionic gonadotrophin, or HCG, which is released by a fertilised blastocyst when pregnancy occurs. When fertilization does not occur, the corpus luteum will degenerate after 10 to 14 days and stop releasing progesterone. Let's talk more about fertilization. Just before and around the time of ovulation, the primary oocyte undergoes meiosis. This process splits the full 46 chromosomes in the oocyte, which is at that point a diploid cell, into two, leaving only 23 chromosomes making it a haploid cell. The other 23 chromosomes float off to the side and become something called a polar body. At this point it's described as a secondary oocyte. This secondary oocyte is then ready for fertilisation by a sperm. The female egg, or the ovum, at this stage still has the surrounding layers from its time in the follicle. In the middle is the oocyte with the first polar body, which is the other 23 chromosomes, and this is surrounded by the zona pellucida and the granulosa cells that make up the corona radiata. When sperm from the male enter the fallopian tube via the vagina and the uterus, they will attempt to penetrate the corona radiata and the zona pellucida in order to fertilise the egg. Usually only one sperm will get through before the surrounding layers shut out the other sperm. When a sperm enters the egg, the 23 chromosomes of the egg multiply into two sets. One set of 23 chromosomes combine with the 23 chromosomes from the sperm to form a diploid set of 46 chromosomes and the other set of 23 chromosomes float off to the side and create the second polar body. Next let's talk about development of the blastocyst. The combination of the 23 chromosomes from the egg and the 23 chromosomes from the sperm 
combine to form a fertilized cell called a zygote. This cell rapidly divides into a mass of cells called the morula. During this process, the mass of cells travels along the fallopian tube towards the uterus. While traveling along the fallopian tube, a fluid-filled cavity gathers within the group of cells and it becomes a blastocyst. The blastocyst contains the main group of cells in the middle, called the embryoblast. Alongside the embryoblast is a fluid-filled cavity, called the blastocele. And surrounding the embryoblast and the blastocele is an outer layer of cells, called the trophoblast. At this point, it gradually loses the corona radiata and the zona pellucida. At the time the blastocyst enters the uterus, it contains 100 to 150 cells. Finally, let's talk about implantation. When the blastocyst arrives at the uterus around 8 to 10 days after ovulation, it reaches the endometrium. The cells of the trophoblast, which is the outer layer of the blastocyst, undergo adhesion to the stroma, which is the supportive outer tissue of the endometrium. The outer layer of the trophoblast is called the syncytiotrophoblast. This layer forms projections into the stroma. The cells of the syncytiotrophoblast mix with the cells of the endometrium. The cells of the stroma, or the supportive outer layer of the endometrium, convert into a tissue called decidua that is specialised in providing nutrients to the new trophoblast that's implanted there. When the blastocyst implants on the endometrium, the syncytiotrophoblast starts to produce human chorionic gonadotrophin, or HCG. This HCG is very important for maintaining the corpus luteum, which is back in the ovary, allowing it to continue producing progesterone and a small amount of oestrogen. So thanks for listening to this episode on ovulation, fertilization and implantation. A big thank you as always to Harry Watchman for perfectly editing the audio in this podcast. This can be quite a tricky subject to understand so it may be worth heading over to the Zero to Finals website where you can find written notes and illustrations on this topic which might help with understanding the different structures of the follicles, how it travels along the fallopian tube and how it implants. I always find these concepts much easier to understand when you can see a visual guide to what's happening, especially when there are particularly long names involved. It helps me to actually read the word and visualise it when I'm trying to remember what's going on. If you did find this episode helpful and you want to make sure you don't miss out on any of the future episodes where we'll be going through things like the development of the embryo, the development of the placenta, the function of the placenta and so on, then do consider subscribing to the podcast so that you get notifications when new episodes come out. And I hope you do join me for the next episode where we'll talk about the development of the embryo.